my family and I were eating dinner at IHOP a couple of years ago, well, maybe more than a couple of years ago. Anyway, this nice young waitress comes up to, we we're going to pay the bill, and she comes up and she's, you know, looking around, and then she looks at me, and she said, well, sir, I think you qualify for the senior's discount. <laughs> it's one of those, you know you're getting old when, dot, 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 moments. Hey, at least I got the discount, yeah. <laughs> How many of you are looking forward to growing older? You know, in our society, think about it, think about it. In our society, very few people are looking forward to getting older, especially after 40. It's interesting because statistics have pointed out that we have better health, more money, uh, greater opportunities than previous generations that have gone before us, and yet very few people are excited about the prospect of their senior years. That's true. I mean, if you think about it, there are some things that are harder as you get older. You know, your strength isn't the same. Your energy, your memory, um, the support you have. You know, you get invited to more funerals than weddings. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, your friends start disappearing, your finances are stretched and small. <laughs> what does that create? It creates insecurity. Like, am I going to be okay? And sometimes insignificance, especially as you retire and you feel like, am I just irrelevant? It's no wonder so many people are afraid of getting older. But you know, there are a few remarkable people who, because of their outlook and a number of other choices they've made along the way, are able to enjoy every day of their life till their final breath. I Googled it this week to find out who's the oldest person that ever lived. Well, it's a lady in France. Her name is Jean Calment, okay? And uh, interesting, this lady was interviewed. She was the oldest living human whose age could be verified. Now, on her 120th birthday, I'm not kidding, she was asked to describe her vision for the future, and she said, very brief. <laughs> Another lady in Japan, Misao Ogawa, who lived to be 117, was asked, what is the greatest benefit of long life? And after a pause, she said, very little peer pressure. <laughs> the question I have in my mind is, what is it that gives certain people what I call staying power? Now look, getting older is inevitable. I don't care how good your nutrition is, how often you work out, uh, you know, uh, plastic surgery, Botox, uh, you know, you name it, Okay. Everybody's getting older every day. But you know, while getting older is inevitable, finishing well is not. I want to look at a passage from the Old Testament today about a guy that I wish I had had a chance to meet. One day I will. His name is Caleb. And if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to Joshua chapter 14 in the Old Testament. Because this guy's example of strength and vitality, even at age 85 and beyond, is remarkable. I want to be like this guy. I want to be 
enthusiastic and excited about the future. There's a bulletin, or excuse me, there's an outline in your bulletin. If you want to follow along, I want to make three simple points. And the first one is this. If you want to have staying power, first and foremost, you need to treat obstacles as opportunities to testify about God's power. Now, the backstory is that 45 years earlier than this passage we're going to read in just a few moments, Caleb and Joshua, the guy who is named after this book that we're reading from, along with 10 others, these 12 spies were sent for about six weeks into what was called the promised land by Moses to scout it out. They had escaped from their bondage in Egypt as slaves. They were in this wilderness area, and they sent these 12 guys in to spy out the land. Well, when they came back, they all agreed that this place was a, a, an, an amazing place. It had all kinds of things that they could look forward to. However, 10 of these guys, though, were so intimidated by the people that were there, the rugged terrain, the opposition that they would no doubt face, that they were afraid. And unfortunately, his, their their Fear was so infectious that it infected the entire group of Israel, God's people at that time. And most scholars believe there are at least several million, if you add all the women and children and other people. And they were ready to head back to Egypt. They said it was better off over there. In Numbers chapter 13 and 14, uh, it, it, it indicates that Joshua and Caleb, at great risk, I might add, stood up and in the face of this fearful majority rebuked these people for their negative attitudes and they challenged the crowd. They said, we need to keep trusting God. He has brought us this far. He is going to keep bringing us forward. But sadly, as is so often the case, the majority rules, right? How many of you know that the majority rules but the majority isn't always right? Sadly, these people didn't go into the promised land, and as the result of that, they spent the next 40 years wandering in a trackless wasteland. But here, as we pick up the story, 45 years later, Caleb was still testifying about God's power. Let's read this passage together. Now, the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. 
Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there, and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. You know, to me, here 45 years later, with all they had been through up to that point, to me it would have been kind of understandable, understandable excuse me, if Caleb had been kind of cynical at that point. You know, the prospect of having more to do um, before he could finally relax a little bit, to me, could have made him reinterpret his boldness there in the desert all those years earlier as nothing more than naive idealism. <laughs> but no. See, Caleb, having hung in there all those years, only made his confidence in God's power grow that much greater. And you know, he had earned the right to say something. You know, when you're 85, you've earned a right to say a few things. And he used that to testify that God had been and would still be as faithful as he is, especially for those who would follow him wholeheartedly. You know, one of the secrets of finishing well is to treat obstacles as opportunities to testify about God's power. You know, for many people, not all, but for many people, and, and I would say this carefully, but many younger people, the future is very bleak. They develop kind of a cynical, like, why care kind of an attitude? Like, why vote? Why, why get involved in this? Why, you know, what for? And I think that many people who are older don't seize the opportunities that we have to reveal the ways that God has worked in our lives throughout the year and shown himself to be faithful. I'm convinced that our society desperately needs living demonstrations of people who have hung in there in their faith with God, not perfectly, but consistently, to be able to show other people how to make it over the long haul, and not just to survive, but to thrive. And you know, when you treat the obstacles that you face in your life as op opportunities to testify, they're divine opportunities. You'll be showing the next generation that God will be there, there for them just as he has been for you. I want you to just think for a moment about younger people that you know. Now, those of you who are, for example, under 40, don't, don't check out on me right now. There's always somebody younger than you, <laughs> you know? You could be a teenager, and there's somebody, there, there's middle school people looking to, looking to you for leadership. But my question is this, are you taking the chances you have to cultivate in the lives of those people that are younger than you a sense of trust and faith in God? Listen, you may not think it matters, but let me tell you, it does. It does matter a lot. 
Caleb had seen God keep his promises over 45 years. And in the same way as we testify, as we speak up about how God has worked in and through our lives, we'll be imparting to younger people invaluable lessons and great confidence in the future. The second point is this from the life of this guy, Caleb, and that's this. If you want to have staying power, you have to invest today in what you want to become tomorrow. See, Caleb's trust in God's power gave him confidence in God's promises. You know, when you stand up for what's right, uh, for what God wants, it's risky, isn't it? Uh, you can become unpopular and, uh, you know, people will call you things, bigot, whatever you want to say. But in Caleb and Joshua's case, when they did that, it wasn't just an issue of popularity. Their lives were on the line. These people were upset. But, you know, in his mind, Caleb knew that God had clearly shown them what the right thing to do was. And he was willing to stand faithfully with the few who were willing to do that rather than go along with the fearful masses. As a result, God gave him a unique promise. He said the very place that you want to go, you're going to be able to go there. And now here, 45 years later, Caleb was sure than ever that God keeps his promises and he was ready to go in and take that for which God had apprehended him. To me, one of the key reasons that Caleb finished so well is because his trust in God kept growing throughout his life. Again, at 85, I think it would have been understandable if Caleb would have just asked his old pal Joshua for a comfortable little corner of the country where he could kick his feet up and, you know, watch the grass grow. But listen, his focus was not just on the past. It was on the future. (laughs) He had seen God keep his promises for over 45 years, and he was excited about what was in store for him. The same Lord, you see, that had always come through for him was going to continue to do so, no matter what lay in front of him. You see, those who finish well, are those whose faith in God continues to grow throughout their lives. Listen, we don't become something in our 70s or 80s that we have not been moving toward throughout our lifetimes. We become tomorrow what we invest in today. That's the truth. And if you want to have the kind of confidence, the kind of assurance that Caleb had in his old age, you need to trust God with the details of your life right now. See, as you make deposits of faith, so to speak, as you make deposits of faith regularly now, your trust in God will begin to compound exponentially over time. It's like savings in the bank. Well, some banks. (laughs) You'll be able to draw on those reserves when you need them. 
when you face the obstacles that growing older brings. And again, do you want that assurance? Do you want that kind of confidence as you go forward in your life? Because if you do, you've got to invest today in what you want to become tomorrow. Here's the third point. You need to be tenacious until you reach God's target for your life. Caleb's enthusiasm for finishing well is amazing to me. You know, instead of opting for a rocking chair kind of a life, this old war horse was alive and kicking. And he had clear-cut goals out in front of him. I love how he says it here. He said, now give me that hill country. It didn't matter to him that that rugged mountain range that was in front of him was filled with these people called the Anakites. By the way, those of you who know your Bible know that the Anakites were those for, from whom descended a guy named Goliath, who was nine feet six inches tall. These were large individuals who didn't have a lot of aloha. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Who had heavily fortified, not just cities. These were like castles. Okay. Caleb was determined. He was going to keep going until he had received all that the Lord had in store for him. You know, we live in a world today where youthfulness is idealized. I mean, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? (laughs) Many people still believe the old line from the ad years ago that 40 is fatal and go to great lengths to maintain an appearance that's younger than they really are. I was trying to think of a picture that would go along with this, but I I was thinking to myself, well, you know, the picture in my mind is like an old guy trying to act like a young guy. Now, I found this one, this next picture here. Now, I don't know who this guy is, but to me, he pretty much typifies who, don't be this guy, okay? he's, He's got the shirt unbuttoned just a little too far. He's got the chains. He's got the sports car, okay? And he's probably got way too much cologne. Do you you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, don't be this guy, okay? Now, by the way, if you're a lady, there are other examples of that, okay? Now, look, having said that in, in a little bit of a jesting kind of a way, I think it is wise to eat carefully. Look, I, I eat carefully. I take vitamins. I try to get enough sleep. I work out. Uh... You know, uh, brush my teeth and go to the dentist when I'm supposed to and so on and so forth. You know, and you know, pe- people say to, you know, well, like, his, are you saying we should never, like, like ladies should never wear makeup or anything? No. That makes me think of the story of the, the country farmer whose wife decided to put on lipstick one day to go to church. And some old crotchety person said to him, you know, your wife's wearing makeup. And he looked at his old friend who he'd known forever and he said, If the barn needs painting, paint it. (laughs) But what what I got to admire about Caleb, though, 
he, he wasn't trying to act younger than he really was. It was just that he wasn't about to let anyone dictate to him what he could or could not achieve at his age. And you got to love that. Listen, his greatest accomplishments were achieved after his 85th birthday. Now, many people approach their senior years with various attitudes. We talked about younger people earlier and attitudes. I've met a number of seniors over the years, senior saints, that have kind of a defeatist kind of an approach. And in particular, as they get ready to retire from their work, their career, Many people, again, sadly to me, they feel like, well, I've retired from my work, and so I'm going to retire from the Lord's work. But the Bible says this. David the psalmist says in Psalm 92, the righteous will flourish like a tree. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Some of you who are baseball aficionados know the name Satchel Page. Satchel Page sent records for being the oldest baseball pitcher and played pro ball, well, way into his later years. In fact, this photo was taken. He was 55 and still playing pro ball. He had a lot of great lines, but I found this one this week. I love this line. He said, age is a case of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. (laughs) Now, look, it's true. You know, as you get older, you don't have the same stamina, the same sharpness that you once did. And, And, you know, maybe the forms of service that you have for Christ will change over time. But listen, our determination to finish the role or roles that God has given us should grow. you want to finish well, you need to be tenacious until you reach God's target. I've had the privilege of knowing a number of senior saints and seeing their lives, how they've impacted mine so positively. I just want to highlight two of them today. One is Pastor Roy. He's not here. You know how he likes to pick on me? Payback. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, Pastor Roy is, he's awesome. Do you know that when he arrived here in May, he had his 80th birthday? This guy has pastored a number of churches. I mean, back in the 90s, before they really even coined the term a mega church, he pastored several. He's been the president of Bible colleges, which become universities. In fact, Brian Sands, who's our new lead pastor, was working at the university where Pastor Roy had been one of their leaders for 13 years on top of everything else he was doing. One of the things I love about Pastor Roy is his wisdom, his insight. Can't tell you the amount of times just since he's been here this short time. We've been in a staff meeting, and, you know, we we have a collaborative approach to things, how we do ministry. And on several occasions, you know, we're just talking, saying, well, I wonder what the Lord wants us to do, and We all stop talking, and he just says it, and we all just go, oh, yeah. This guy knows what God wants to do. 
And you got to love his sense of humor. I want that sense of humor as I get older. Another person I want to show honor to is Gene Smith. Some of you know Gene. He's been one of our elders, well, for a long time, since the 80s. That's when I first met him. Gene is 98 years old. He can't get to church all that much anymore because of some health concerns. But I talk to him every week. I call him. He still gives me a hard time. Some of you who have been here for a while know that when Gene came to Kamiki Christian, he wasn't young even then. Yet he became an elder and the chairman of our elders for many years. When this worship center was expanded, he was the project manager. He came in every day to make sure that this thing was done right. And all the years that I've been here, I can't tell you the amount of times that I picked up the phone and I said, Gene, I don't know what to do in this situation. And he was the guy that among other things, would remind me, you need to be disciplined. You need to not quit. You need to follow God's word, regardless of the cost. There are many others I could think of. One lady who had been a member here for many, many years, Hannah Smead. Towards the end, of, she lived to be about 96, and I remember her because towards the end of her life, she had you know, congestion problems all the time. She would get frustrated. She couldn't sing in church. She loved to sing. But she didn't let that stop her. Her mobility and her energy was limited, but listen, her prayer impact was worldwide. Listen, you and I can stay fruitful till the end if we'll continue to serve God until the end. And I don't know about you, I'm determined to never stagnate in my walk with Jesus. Because you know why? I want to finish well. At the end of my days when I see my Lord, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Some years ago, uh, comedian George Burns, and some of you old-timers will recognize the name George Burns, was given a party to celebrate his 80th anniversary, his 80th anniversary in show business. When asked to say a word, he said, I'm delighted to be here. It's been great fun so far. The other half should be just as good. Later, a young reporter came up to him and said, can I interview you again, Mr. Burns, in 10 years? He said, why not? You should still be here. Anyway, he said, I plan to stay in show business until I'm the only one left. I think it's safe to say George Burns had staying power when it comes to show business, but the far more important question is do you and I, when it comes to our relationship with God, what's the spark? that keeps the engine going for the long haul? What is it that gives us staying power so that we can finish well? You want to know Caleb's secret? Plain and simple. Caleb's secret was he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. You see, he realized that finishing well was something that in spite of his own personal best, he could not accomplish on his own. 
He needed God's help. Do you want to finish well? You can if you'll follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word, a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And Lord, as we approach our time of communion, the Lord's Supper, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to realize all that you've done for us, all that you want to do in us and through us, and that you'll never leave us or forsake us. Help us to be those who honor you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.